0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday. And tonight we have a very, very special guest on the show. It's none other than Skywalker Steel. Sky, how are you, man?
1: I am good. I am better than I was this morning. Let's say that. <laughs>
0: are you more are you more relaxed maybe
1: <laughs> yes it's the evening i haven't done an evening show oh my goodness in quite some time but uh i'm ready to get this thing fired up
0: all right give me some context those kai T- talk to me about what happened this morning before yeah. we get this show started <laughs> officially and while we, we while we give the people some time to tune into the show what happened this morning on the adc sports yeah. live show the morning show Oh,
1: it's always a fun-spirited show in the morning. As you know, we do a uh, call-in show. Uh, I would like to say one of the better call-in shows of, of the morning for Cowboys. And we had an interesting character that called in. We'll just say that, say that you know, uh, and uh, it got a little, it got a little uh, heated. It got a little heated, so <laughs> <laughs> just leave it at that. But we got through it, and as always, the chat is awesome. So shout-out to the chat that is in the building.
0: Yeah, of course. And also, shout out to the people right now, Tom Downey's Burner account, Mrs. Tom Downey's Burner account. I saw
1: that. I didn't know there was a Mrs. Tom Downey's Burner account. Come on, Tom. Tell her to come in the mornings.
0: Yeah, I I knew about this account. What I didn't know, uh, what I'm just finding out now is apparently she is a Packers fan. So Mm. I really have questions right now as to how the maybe environment of the of that house looked like after the playoff game in 2016 in 2014 well for the 2016 season and 2014 season shout out to all of you guys in the chat that is right this is the adc sports Multiverse part two. I was on Sky's show last week in the morning show. Now, of course, Sky is joining the primetime show and we'll talk about the Cowboys salary cap. Specifically, we'll be discussing the three most pressing questions and maybe some more. Of course, if there are more questions in the chat too, we'll get to those as well. But because, hey, the off season started a little bit earlier than we wanted it to, but it did. So we'll talk about it on tonight's episode. But before we do that... Make sure you hit the like button if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Let's get this started officially. Here we go, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys articles, but also for more Mavericks articles. You can read about Lucas triple double that he had recently check it out adcsports.com/dallas sky walker still welcome to the show once again let me get sky your maybe not your closing thoughts because i'm i'm sure you will talk more about this on your morning show but but some closing thoughts on the cowboys 2021 season what are you thinking like about right now
1: I mean, the word that I used on Monday, I asked everyone what was one word for the season. And to me, it's disappointing because when you're 12 and five, you know, you should go into the playoffs and get out of the dang on first round. But you had all these high expectations. I think we had high expectations really coming into the season. I thought this was a double digit win team. I never like to put an exact number on it because the season is funny. But they they kind of exceeded that in, in, in reality because I thought maybe 10, 11, 12 wins. They got 12. Could have easily been 14. You lost a couple of games by two, three points. Uh, so to know that you had that type of team and you get into the playoffs and you have a stinker like that, disappointing, Mo. It's, it's really disappointing.
0: And I think it's even more disappointing because to me it felt like, I, I will not say inevitable because hindsight is always twenty twenty. But I don't know, like you take a look at the entire second half of the season and we saw plenty of signs of what could happen in the playoffs. And I got to ask you this because I've been thinking about it myself. Do you feel like we were wrong about this team? Do, Do you feel like we all got a little bit hyped up after watching the preseason, after watching the first half of the season? Because I kind of at times feel that way, but I don't know if it's more of a, just a disappointing showing in the playoffs?
1: I mean, technically we kind of were wrong, right? We thought this team was going to come in and be the offense. It was in the first half of the year, all year, number one, and that the defense, we just were hoping to be top 15, top 20, where in reality, the defense was more consistent than the offense was all year. So in that manner, we were wrong, but, um, I I don't I don't like to be oh we're going to the Super Bowl before the season. That's never me personally. I'm, I'm not that yeah. type of guy. I got to see how the season plays out. And there was a point in that in the season where I felt that this is a Super Bowl caliber team. Up until things started to become inconsistently consistent, if that makes sense, and that kind of wavered, shaked me a little bit. And I figured, okay, maybe they could turn on in the uh, postseason, and they didn't. So it all depends where we're, it ask a question. Were we wrong preseason or were we wrong in season? I think you can have two different answers.
0: That is true. That is correct, I believe. They weren't ready fully as a whole unit, says Joey Vela over at Facebook. Michael says need a lot of work. And Joel Wilson is coming in with a fire. Everyone basically comment. We had right a couple now. of
1: those this morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, not. Nah, but actually, he, he means a lot of free agents. But he also says, goodbye, Queen. Goodbye, Moore. How about, before we get into the salary cap conversation, just some quick thoughts on the coaching staff. Because I do believe, Stephen Jones, I know that you had this conversation as well in your morning show to, uh, today, if I'm not mistaken. I, I do believe that Stephen Jones is not lying to, to us when he says that the Cowboys absolutely expect Mike McCarthy back next uh, uh, next season. What about Kellen Moore? I think that I still don't know how to feel about Kellen Moore because right now I'm as frustrated as anyone else for the Cowboys offense. There are just some weird things going on on the offense. But I wonder if he tries to look for a scheme and really not marry into a scheme because you cannot marry into any single scheme in the modern NFL. But if you find something to fall back on, do you think there is some hope for Calen Moore's coaching future if he stays with the Cowboys?
1: Hope as in he'll be better?
0: Yeah, of course. As
1: if he will be what we wanted him to be? It'd be it'd be blind optimism, Mo.
0: Blind optimism.
1: It, it'd be blind optimism if I came in and, and told y'all, yeah, I believe he'll be even better. I. The thing is, he's been a coordinator now for three years, and and I don't know that I've really seen a counterpunch just yet, right? Like last year was his second year, and Dak got hurt, so we kind of ignored it. it kind of reminds me of Leonard, a little bit. We kind of ignore, ignored it because oh, well, you were playing with terrible quarterbacks. Totally get it. We'll forgive you. Year one, started off hot too. If you got if you guys remember, then it kind of tailed off. We said ah, he's a rookie offensive coordinator, Green. No worries. You'll get better. We're in year three. Things start off hot again, and then they figure you out, and there wasn't a counterpunch. I mean, we're in year three. You're still young, and I get it, but at this point with Kellen, I believe it when I see it, but I'd rather be, I'd rather see it somewhere else. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'd rather get an actual offensive coordinator in here that has a scheme via on the ground and in the air and, and roll with that because I don't think he has a scheme because that is the design. It's, it's not to have a quote-unquote predictable scheme that's what he that's the whole thing they don't want to be predictable but they don't realize when you don't have a system you essentially are predictable because you're allowing the defense to dictate to you and i uh, talk about that a lot on the show Mo, i i don't i don't believe in kellen moore
0: uh, that's, i think that's fair i think that's fair stevie mac coming in with the hashtag fire kellen moore stevie mac is actually cal- calling for fans to comment that hashtag in every Dallas Cowboys <laughs> post in social media. So uh, respect for his work for Stevie Mac. Ryan Doyle says we need to make some cutthroat changes and roster cuts, and you know who I mean. Trim the dead fat that is way overpaid. What was that? What, what was that reaction, guys? Oh, I didn't, didn't see the bottom, <laughs>
1: the, the last part. But he, but he's right. I kind of was thinking the same thing. There may be some, some tough cuts or, or tough moves you're going to have to make in this offseason if you really want to try to uh, get better or at least begin the process of getting better at certain positions. But my guess is he might be talking about Zeke. That's just my guess.
0: That's just, all right, and we'll talk about Zeke actually on tonight's episode. And I think that with that, we can jump into the Cowboys salary cap conversation that we wanted to jump into on tonight's episode because hey, it's going to be an interesting year. I think that many of us want changes like people in the chat are saying both on Facebook and on YouTube, but it's tough to make any major move because the Cowboys are actually well under the cap about according to overthecap.com, there are about 12 million dollars under the cap or 13 million dollars under the cap and there are a lot of conversations I believe to be had. The first of which I believe might have to do with Amari Cooper and actually the question for the chat is would you be unsurprised a little surprised or very surprised if the Cowboys let Amari Cooper go because if you take a look at the numbers if the Cowboys cut Amari Cooper the debt cap would be six million dollars but the Cowboys would open up $16 million in salary cap space. But it feels like it is way easier said than done because Amari Cooper, still a very talented wide receiver, the clear number one on this team. I know that CeeDee Lamb's hype, Michael Gallup's hype was all fun and everything, but Amari Cooper clearly tears above those two wide receivers in my opinion. What would your answer to that question be? Sky,
1: I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like there's they've kind of been setting this up during the season. Right. I I personally don't think that the front office really has Amari Cooper's back. Number one. Number two, didn't they kind of set up the contract to do just this? You know, if we feel any type of uneasiness after two years, we can cut them because that's the way we set it up. So it would not surprise me because it's in the contract to to get rid of him, get rid of him if you want, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't get rid of Amari Cooper. Uh, I would rather, honestly, if you if you don't if you want to wait one more year, then revamp this offensive, get a new offensive coordinator, revamp the offense, and see what happens, and then maybe move on the following year. But when he's targeted in this offense, he has a hundred and twenty-two quarterback rating. Okay, so this is Amari Cooper isn't a bum. You know, when he gets the ball, when he's targeted, good things happen. And while I do think the front office is a little sketchy in regards to having his back, this isn't a Dez or T.O. situation. I feel like if they really committed to being behind him uh, this offseason, all will be well. He's not going to cause an an uproar. Hell, we in the media, we thought him coming out saying, yeah, I can be good for this team on third down. I can be good for this team in the red zone. Was him, you know, causing an uproar? If that's what my number one wide receiver is going to do when things aren't going great, I'm good. I'd rather him do that than yell on the sideline, screaming on the sideline, dividing the locker room, in the, in the you know doing sit ups in the driveway, calling out the quarter. I'm good if that's how Mark Cooper wants to uh, kind of let people know, like, hey, let's go, let's get this thing going. So, I'd keep him for at least one more year. And if you really are investing in him, then you restructure the contract because he's still what 27. Is 27, exactly. 27? Yeah, so he, he's he, way he young. young.
0: I'm yeah. not sure if 27, but he's he's close to that. Now, I will tell you, I am very. I would be very surprised. That would be my answer. Maybe I'm having more faith in the front office because I'm with you. I wouldn't do it because it just opens up way too many questions on the football side of things as well. Because if he isn't brought back to the Cowboys, if he isn't in Dallas, then You would probably have to keep Michael Gallup because, hey, I like CD Lamp a lot, but I think that the best version of CD Lamp is in this lot. And I'm not sure if you have that flexibility to play CD Lamp as much as they did this season in this lot if you don't have an Amari Cooper there because he is a potential, he is the number one threat, I believe, on this offense when you're running routes. Shout out to B. Vert. Thank you for your comment and your donation. Thank you for that. What makes this year specifically disappointing, says B-Bird in the YouTube chat, is that there's no glaring reason why we lost as in previous years. I think that is a very valid comment as well. It's not like it was one thing or two things. It was not the run defense from the 2018 season versus the Rams. It was not the desk catch or the Murray fumble versus Green Bay. It was just everything. Like, what battle did the Cowboys win? That not is one a,
1: single one. Not I mean, one, again, single I, one I really, are, I really hope people go out and read that article that Bob Stern wrote on the Athletic. I, please, it will answer all your questions. Of what happened
0: yeah. on Sunday? Great content. Great content. We recommend it. Now let's see some of the answers. Bailey goes with unsurprised. Burner accounts is very. Tommy goes with very. JPO rat YouTube as well. Very. Jessica Villarreal over at Facebook says, a little surprised. Christian wants him caught with Dak Prescott, which is <laughs> definitely not going to happen. Daria says, I would be surprised. I would as well. I, I think that, I think it brings up way more problems than it does solutions. And actually, when we get to question number three, I will actually give you my thoughts on why, could actually happen with Amari Cooper, in my opinion. Now, question number two, because I think this is a question with a very clear answer, but still something that needs to be addressed from what I've been been seeing in social media this week. And it's about Ezekiel Elliott. What can you do with Ezekiel Elliott? That is one of the most pressing questions for the Cowboys. The reality is that the answer sky... Is not a <laughs> not a lot, not a lot. Like look at the numbers, guy. That cap, if you cut him, you've got thirty million dollars on that cap. And in cap savings, you see the number twelve there, but it's a red twelve. It's a negative twelve million dollars. You literally yeah. save no money at all.
1: Well, you lose money if you pre was it pre June first cut him. If you try to do, oh, hey, well, if we post-June post, for, post June 1st cut him and split the dead cap, we'll save some money. No, you save $0 on a cap even if you post June even 1st. that. The only way you save money is by trading Ezekiel Elliott, and you would save, I think, like $12.4 million on a cap. But question, chat, is anyone trading for Ezekiel Elliott? No.
0: Definitely not. And, hey, we have seen history about this guy. We have seen teams that have paid their running backs and they, and then they regret it and they, they want to put Todd Gurley in the trade market or other big-name running backs in the trade market, only to find out that these teams know exactly what we know as well about these situations and these contracts. No one is trading for Ezekiel Elliott. So I think it is the easiest question of the show, but it also brings up a more football-minded question, I believe, in which do we believe that the Cowboys are actually going to realize that, hey, we cannot do anything about Ezekiel Elliott's contract situation. We will need to carry him in 2022, but will it impact their football decision-making? Because I believe that every week that went by in the regular season and in the postseason included, you want more Tony Pollard. You want more involvement from that running back number two at the point that you might want to make Pollard the starter for this offense. But then there's the sunk cost fallacy that creeps in and that the Cowboys front office might be thinking, well, we already paid sick. We need to play him. Do we have any level of faith, Sky, that the Cowboys will avoid that fallacy?
1: You're basically talking about politics. Do I think that, that that politics will not enter the equation next year? I don't. I think they it, it absolutely will. It always does when you have the Joneses running things, right? So, I mean, we heard it in, in what was it, the uh, in training camp, in hard knocks. Yep. Hey, man, we got to make sure that we, you know, we, we limit Ezekiel Elliott here in this preseason. We want to make sure we get our guy the ball and he's healthy and everything like that. And you get to the end of the year and you realize that he's banged up and they still don't sit him. It's clear as day this may be one of those moves where Jerry is it doesn't want to swallow the pill just yet like he did with Des Bryant, like he did with uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, but it's, it's got to get to a point where somebody and the coaching staff just has to say, screw it. Um, I can't give this man the ball 20, 25 times a game, which he, he didn't, but I can't prioritize a hurt player over a healthy one who's been the more explosive guy. I can't allow that to hurt my team because politics. Does someone on the staff have those cojones? I, I don't know, but at some point, I mean, and this is no knock on Zeke, man. He's just been in the league yeah. for six or seven years now. Six years, going into the seventh year, he has over two thousand touches. You know, I don't think there's a running back in the league that has more touches than he's had since he came in the league. Plus,
0: he a work loss, a uh, workhorse in Ohio State as well.
1: Yeah. So, so, and we know running back. Their lifespans are very short. You know, the great ones are great for eight to ten years or so. I don't think there's eight to ten years of greatness for Zeke because we've seen it now. The last two years, last year we might have thought it was an anomaly, but he was banged up. He got banged up last year. He played through some of it, then missed the a game. This year, again, banged up, played through it, but wasn't the same player. Next year, yeah, he may start off hot because he has a fresh season, uh, off season, but likely. The trend is he's going to get banged up and he won't be the same as he was. And it's the running back position, Mo, right? We know that's what happens with that position. So they they, got to figure something out. They got to figure, split the carry, split the usage. But if one is better than the other, then you roll with them in that game. And I I saw far too many times Tony Pollard be a difference maker. um, And then they just go away from him. Real quick, the Cowboys had one real drive in that game. And I was in the second quarter, I think. And Tony Pollard was featured in that drive, the one and only drive he was featured. They scored a touchdown. Ah. Never went back to Tony Pollard after that. So it really just
0: it gets to the point in which it doesn't even make sense. Even less when after the game, Seek revealed that he was playing with a torn PCL. It just made it all the more unacceptable. Shout out to them Boys. Thank you for your comment and your donation. Boyce is asking, do we see both Amari and D-Law coming back? That would be a quick yes for me. I don't know about Sky, but I would I would say yes, especially because, hey, we just talked about Amari Cooper, but also D-Law, I, I still believe he's the guy. He is an elite player. He might not be one of the finest pass rushers in the league, like when you compare him to Joey Vosa and the likes of them, but he might be. The best run defender of them all, and we see him and we see him perform at a high level week in and week out versus the run. I would definitely bring back uh, D. Law, and I think that the Cowboys will too.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. That's a yes and a yes. Uh, I already talked about Amari. Uh, D. Law is one of your most well-rounded defensive players, if not your second most well-rounded defensive player on the team. He's he's an absolute difference maker when he's not on the field. Um, I'm I mean bringing it back. I don't. <laughs> Most smart people in football understand how good Demarcus Lawrence is.
0: You mentioned the second, the second most well-rounded. It is crazy to me that in just one season, he has been he has become the second one instead of Mike is a freak. It is just so amazing, man. Like when we talk about we talked last week about surprise players. You you could even include Michael Parsons as a surprise player because you might have had like. The highest expectations for this guy, but the fact that he actually played it as an edge rusher for so for so many plays—that's what impressed me the most. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought he was going to be an elite linebacker, but not an elite pass rusher at the same time. Not at that. Not at that level.
1: Not at that level. I I knew he could do it because he showed he can actually rush the passer from the linebacker spot. Yeah, I just did not fathom that he be able to go play defense. I mean, I knew he played defense end in high school, I watched him play it, Um but I didn't think he they'd do that that soon in the NFL. But man, everything happens for a reason. D-Law getting hurt forced them to make that change. And now you saw this guy who's elite in two ways. That's such a rarity.
0: I had somewhat of a I had somewhat of a bad feeling heading into the 49ers game. And I talked about this and I wrote about it on adcsports.com in which I said, is Micah going to maybe overshoot some gaps in a lot of the run game? But he was on point mm-hmm. versus the 49ers' can be on the game. He had a tremendous game, even though the Cowboys in general didn't. Tom down his burner account. Shout out. Thank you for your comment and your donation. He asks, what is the Jerry Jones' top priority? Winning ain't it. Says his burner God, account.
1: God bless Tom. You know, he, he's an amazing supporter. <laughs> But yeah. but he you know it's the same thing every day, brother. We understand, man. Not everybody is is that cynical, my guy. We understand Jerry Jones is awful. Nothing's gonna change with you. I I get it, man. But we gotta come on here and talk football, brother.
0: I will just say quickly. I do think it is winning, man. For all the critics, for all the things that we can criticize about Jerry Jones, I believe that he really wants to win. Even though he has not been able to do so, I, I think that he can. He that's what he wants. There's nothing better for business than that. Uh, Charlene Evans saying Seattle Seahawks fired Ken Norton Jr. Not a bad choice to have if Queen leaves. I wouldn't know how to feel about that one. I don't know. I. Uh... I prefer nah. a lot of other options.
1: I, I, yeah, me too. I, I mean, I, I mean, if we're going outside the organization, I, Vic Fangio is number one on my list. Inside oh, yeah. the organization, Joe Witt Jr.
0: What about George Edwards? Would you consider George Edwards?
1: Sure. Yeah, I could. I consider George. Yeah, he, he was a defense coordinator in Minnesota by title, right? But, but yeah. I, I did read a lot of things, uh, and I talked to George Iloka, and he said that George had a, a major influence on that defense in the film room, in the game planning, and sometimes he did call plays because there were situations with Mike Zimmer. So yeah, George is worthy.
0: Makes a lot of sense, to be honest. Well, let's get to the number three question here related to the salary cap, and that is the confidence level. What is the confidence level for the Cowboys on potential players that you could restructure their contracts? Because we're talking about opening up cap space for the Cowboys since they're sitting at a negative $13.59 million, according to OverTheCap.com. Usually, the answer to opening up cap space is quite easy. Let's use the word easy if you restructure contracts. However, I think it is worth rem- uh, reminding a lot of the fans because I think there's a lot of confusion with this uh, plenty of, of times every year, that restructors do not mean pay cuts. Restructure nope. means taking <laughs> a future salary of a player, turning it into a signing bonus, and that makes it a guaranteed money, which makes it potential debt cap space down the road in the future. You, you are getting married to these players when you restructure their contracts. And I don't know about Sky, but take a look at some of the names on this list. You've got Tyron Smith, Ezekiel Elliott, Zach Martin, uh, Lal Collins. These are the players that, according to over-the-cap projections, would open up over, I think it's over $2 million. These are the only guys that would open up individually over $2 million if you restructure, restructure their contracts. But for example, do you feel as confident as you would have last season restructuring Tyron Smith's contract? Or no. Lyle Collins' contract?
1: No, there's no need. They already did that with Lyle. Uh, and, and for Lyle, I would move him inside to guard because you can kill two birds with one stone. Uh, you give a whole offseason for him to get back acclimated to to the guard position. You need, obviously, more strength up front and go at the guard position. Uh, then you put steel at right tackle and, boom, kill two birds with one stone. Tyron, I mean, you, you don't. You cannot touch his contract in that manner unless you're cutting him, right? Like, like you, you, you cannot kick the keep kicking money down the road on a guy who's missed twenty games in the last two seasons. He's going to be thirty two. It, it's it, it would be a terrible decision decision that decision to make. So if I'm going to do anything with his money, it'd be it'd be cutting him more than it would be kicking the money down the road, Mo. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's really not when you think about it.
0: Yeah, and that's actually one of the questions that I had for the chat. What's your confidence level from 1 to 10? I forget, forgot to include that. What's your confidence level from 1 to 10 on Tyrant's mid going forward? I think we sort of less got an idea yeah. of your answer, Sky, but what number yeah. would you give it?
1: Man, it, it have to be five or less and and it's because I mean he's going to get hurt and now it went from all right cool we'll miss we'll miss two to three games a year to (laughs) we're going to miss what eight nine ten games I I can't I can't do that I can't be okay with you missing eight nine ten games and like it was last year was 14 games so it's a low it's 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 fairly low and it's not because I don't think he can't be good it's I don't think he can he, his body can hold up anymore. Again, I said this this morning I wouldn't be shocked if Tyron Smith retires.
0: Oh, yeah. oh that's a that's a bomb. Hey, I'm surprised at the numbers actually that I'm seeing in the chat. Jmart Mart goes with three at the most, Bailey goes with a four, Samuel goes with a five, three. We've got a seven from Antoine, three from Charlie and Evans. Really low numbers. I don't see anyone above five oh here we go Dallas Young is over at number six I would say somewhere between five and six as well and the reason, the the only injuries, reason right? yeah it's 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 the injuries the reason why I would go as high as a six is that those games that he actually plays you know you're getting quality play even though and I feel like that Chandler Jones matchup which is a bad matchup for Tyron Smith in of, in of, of itself uh That might have swayed a lot of Cowboys fans the negative way for for Tyron. The the Niners
1: game, game, brother. The Niners
0: game as well. But before that, that, I think overall, he didn't have that bad of a season.
1: But no, no, no. See, it's it's not the play for Tyron Smith, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you ask me, what is your confidence level on Tyron Smith's play going forward? It'd be higher than a five. Because you're right. And that's why when... When 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 you tell me hey he's going to miss two to three games I can deal with two to three games because he usually plays at a high level for 13 14 games but if you tell me hey he's going to miss 14 games one year miss nine games the next year maybe next year he'll be eight games I I can't I can't I
0: can't pretend I'm okay with that I would not be okay with that 100 percent Aram Claude says is this kid still in middle school not going to lie. I wish I, 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 <laughs> some, a lot of days, a lot of days you know, I wish that I was still in middle school. though. You know, Mo.
1: I don't often do a show where I don't look like the youngest person on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit back and take this W here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like <laughs> you look my age maybe. And I look the age of a middle schooler clearly <laughs> based on the, on the chat. <laughs> Uh, I think I missed. By the way, I think I missed a super chat. Let me try to find it really quickly because I I do think I missed one. All right, here we go. This is from Antoine. I really think we should consider giving Mike McCarthy another year with a different offensive coordinator. Thank you for huh. your comment, your donation. I think that might be what's the most likely thing to happen. I don't know what I don't know what happens with Kellen Moore if he doesn't get man, that you know, head coaching spot. job and, <laughs> and I don't know that he, and I and I don't think that he will get the head coaching job, but will, he, will Jerry Jones let him go? Will he fire him? I don't know. I really don't know.
1: I don't hell no, man. I, I think he loves, he loves Kellen Moore. Yeah. He loves Kellen Moore. I don't think he's going to fire him. Um, it, The best hope for those of us who want to see Kellen us move on and, 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 and Get a different offensive coordinator and scheme in here is for him to get one of these eight coaching positions. But I I have a hard time believing he's going to win somebody's room over when he goes to a meeting over somebody like Brian Flores, over somebody like Dan Quinn, over somebody like Doug Peterson. Guys who have been to the Super Bowl or have been on Super Bowl winning teams as coordinators or integral parts of the team. I Got a hard time believing that. But, hey, all it takes is one, mo. I'm just asking for one of y'all to believe in <laughs> Kellen Moore. <laughs> one of y'all just believe in Kellen Moore. And let's get us a new system up in here. Because in uh, all, like seriously, we've had this, the same system in a way for the last decade. I think it's time to, to try something different.
0: And the worst thing about it is that if he ends up leaving, like say Kellen Moore ends up leaving for a head coaching job, and then the Cowboys turn around and they tell us, McCarthy will call the place. I don't know how I will feel about that either, because I think that if a new offensive coordinator comes in, I might be getting ready to hear that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't. I've said I was torn on this this morning. I don't know what I'm sorry. What Mike McCarthy is going to be like as a play caller in this new era of Mike McCarthy. This isn't 2015, 14, 12 in Green Bay where the game was different. You know, the the game changes. I love football because it changes every two to three years. Um, And when Mike took this job, he agreed. I use quotes, air quotes. He agreed to keep Kellen Moore, right? And say, hey, you know, I'm not going to come in here and change anything, which was a smart thing. If he was told Kellen's not going anywhere, then as as a smart coach, why would you come in here and overhaul everything in a COVID year? So he kept most of everything, maybe changed up a little bit of language, Um, And and they were a good enough offense. But again, I go back to, okay, you're good with your your main punch. But when you get knocked out, do you have a counter or when you get hit? Do you have a counter? I I don't know that Kellen has had a counter just yet. And I don't know. I have no idea what Mike McCarthy is going to be like in this new era. I don't. So it'd be kind of blind optimism there, too.
0: Yeah, Joel Wilson. Thank you for your comment. He says thanks for your coverage, and we'll hope you're both back next year. We will. We will definitely be back next year. Thank and guy, hey, uh, like I'm, I'm sure that things will be even way more fun as the ADC Sports continues to grow.
1: Yeah, I, I just wish we were talking about the next opponent. You know, like the, yeah, I man. get it. I get it, fans. This week is a, it's a downer. It's a bummer. It sucks, and uh, we'll get through it, but. <laughs> Just stick with us through this through the the trying times here this week and we'll we'll have some great content, off-season content. I know y'all don't want to hear that but um when everything settles, man, the off-season is fun. I know Robbie, he said he's still hurting. I am too, man, but yeah. you know, we we got to come on here and try to, you know, get through this thing together, brother. We try to get try to get through it together. And uh it'll be a fun off-season, I promise y'all that.
0: Is there any coordinator, by the way? Oh, before I get to that question, I will just say about halfway through the third quarter, it hit me like, damn, sky is coming on on Tuesday, and we will not be able to talk about the next opponent. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a, a bad moment. But, anyways, is there any coordinator outside the Cowboys that you might, that might be like your pet cat for the Cowboys during the offseason? a guy that you want in the Cowboys
1: to to be a head coach or to be an office coordinator
0: to be to be whatever you want him to be offensive coordinator defensive coordinator or head coach who is the one guy Mike that you think about it mike mcdaniels all right I, I am i
1: am i'm just i'm head over heels as they say with mike mcdaniels i said this this morning give me somebody from the rams somebody from green bay somebody from the chiefs somebody from San Fran, somebody in systems that have been proven to work time and time again. Um, and Mike McDaniel is one of the smartest cats out there from anybody that's paying attention to the NFL and to him in general. Um, but I just got I don't I don't think San Fran was, was going to let that guy go. I just don't.
0: Not yet. Right.
1: Not not until they have not until they can't. Meaning if Mike McDaniels wants to go be a head coach, uh, they can't stop that. But if if they, if a team wants, Cowboys, for instance, hey, we want to interview your offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. This is why it's smart they they do this. They designate him the offensive coordinator. Mike McDaniels ain't calling the plays. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays. Kyle and, and Mike work together in the game plans. But if you're a coordinator, you're not allowed to go take a lateral move unless the team allows it. If you're an assistant, you can't take a lateral move unless the team allows it. So. They have that small little nugget on their side so unless someone hires him as a, a head coach I doubt the, I doubt they're going to let him go.
0: Oscar Herrera is calling for Joe Brady I hey it might be a riskier approach, but I wouldn't mind Joe Brady. I think he was actually doing a great job I, I, I for, for the Panthers and I was shocked by when they fired him. I couldn't Me, believe it to be I honest can blame-
1: How do you blame Sam Darnold and Cam Newton on Joe Brady? That's crazy to me.
0: Hey, the front office likes Matt Rule, I would assume. And they they just believed everything that he had to say. He went in there, he pounded the desk, and he said, we need to establish the run, and he convinced them to fire Joe Brady. When (laughs) Sam Darnold, as you were saying, was their quarterback, then they had a lot of things going on at the offensive line, a lot of injuries, poor, poor pass protection, by the way for the Panthers quarterback this entire season didn't really make sense to me. I think that I was shocked by it, but I will tell you what. I would love Big Fangio in the Cowboys at defensive coordinator. That would be, I think that's my number one guy once Dan Quinn leaves. Because if you take a look at what the NFL is today, Big Fangio is one of the innovative coaches that has, really flip the script versus these deep passing offenses. So I would that, that would be my guy. Like Big Fanjo is a name that I want on the Cowboys. Now, I've seen people question whether or not he would work well with McCarty because of what happened after the Broncos game. But I think maybe I'm over, overestimating them. But I, th- I think they can put that aside. I like to think that I'm not overestimating them. But, hey, these football coaches sometimes will surprise you.
1: <laughs> he well because he said we, the teams are playing them wrong. Vic Fangio yeah. didn't do anything crazy to the Cowboys to to not be worthy of being a dcr or not being able to work with uh Mike McCarthy. I love Vic Fangio. Um, here's the reason why I but sometimes
0: I, these guys are petty sky. Like <laughs> I want to believe that too, but uh, some I have yeah. my doubts sometimes.
1: Yeah, but you need but you need some of that, right? Like I said yeah. this earlier. Get, get me a guy with a low edge. That's my defensive coordinator. I don't want a yeah. guy to come in here that's. <laughs> Skittles and rainbows. Give me a guy with a little edge. So I'd take Vic. Vic would be number two. The only reason why he's not my number one is because I feel like you have in-house candidates that can step in on the defensive side of the ball and build from what you already have started on the defensive side. Whereas offensively, who are the in-house candidates? Doug Nussmeier?
0: No. They don't no. exist. They don't. Right? De-
1: they don't exist. So you you at least have a Joe Witt Jr. You at least have a George Edwards. Right. Some people are throwing Al Harris's name out there. But but you at least have two veteran guys that are are trusted and reliable and respected coaches in this league on the defense side of the ball. I can't say that offensively, so I need to go get me a guy that can come in here and uh, help help fix the oh a little bit here.
0: Uh, We have Dallas Young calling for Byron Leftwich or Eric Viennemi. Of course, these two names would be for a head coaching position with the Cowboys. Between those two, like assuming, dreaming maybe is the more accurate word that the Cowboys would make a move like this. I would love Eric Viennemi with the Cowboys. Because Leftwich, I like his scheme a lot, but I don't know if you – read this article from Steven Ruiz from The Ringer, I thought it was such a good article that it was called something like Scheme Wars. And he really did a great job breaking down the three factions, the three main factions of offense that we see in today's Mm -hmm. NFL. And I think he did a very good job explaining how the Tampa Bay Bucs offense, for example, is more of a throwback that puts a lot of stress uh, at the quarterback position. And Eric Viennemi's offense Really makes it way easier. So give me Viennemi just unleashing Dak Prescott for the next few years. But I don't think it happens, though.
1: I told you, I will take anybody from the Chiefs, the Packers, the Rams, the Niners. And I could I could even maybe maybe argue a little bit with the Titans. But I, I didn't like Arthur Smith's scheme year one. Maybe he, he switches it up. But those four teams, because exactly what you said, They make things easier for their quarterback. People don't like to hear that because they think that, you know, the quarterback has to to make every single last play on their own. But the the purpose of a good scheme is to make things easier for the most difficult position in the league quarterback. You don't want to make things harder for your quarterback every time out there. And just again, just look at what the Niners did to the Cowboys. Jimmy Garoppolo is doo-doo. But he went to the Super Bowl because he has a, a, a great scheme and a head coach who knows how to put that scheme together week in week out. And we can talk about Andy Reid's scheme for years; it's been awesome. Um, yeah, he can get a little wacky sometimes, want to throw too much. But if if you get the enemy, maybe the enemy isn't as pass happy. <laughs> he can commit to the run a little bit more. We've we've seen Lafleur scheme, uh, we've seen McVay's scheme, what it can do. We've seen again, like I said, Shanahan. And the beauty with these schemes are and these these smart intellectual football people, is that they have counters within their scheme. They are able to adapt within them in a positive way. I haven't seen that just yet here. So give me anybody from those trees.
0: Yeah, I would love it as well. Sky, before I let you go, I forgot about this. We were going to take a quick look at this. Uh, sure. Maybe just a quicker one since we are close to the 45-minute mark. And 45 this, minutes already? Yeah, man, it goes crazy. It, go, it goes crazy quickly here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime because I know that your show is a little bit longer, but sometimes <laughs> I struggle. Uh, yeah, I struggle with uh with the time sometimes here on Primetime. But this is the free agent class for the Dallas Cowboys, guys that are no longer under will no longer be under contract this offseason. There are a lot of question marks here. I pointed out the 10 that seem to me the most important ones. Not necessarily important, but just the toughest ones to bring back. Because, for example, Jake McQuaid, of course, long snapper, he's important. But I'm not really concerned that the Cowboys are not going to be able to bring him back if they want to. But, hey, Dalton Schultz is the name that I think most fans are thinking about. Do you think Dalton Schultz is back in Dallas next next season? Or do you think that if he is to come back, then Blake Darwin needs to be out of the picture.
1: Yeah, that's probably what it's gonna to have to be. Uh I'm I'm I said this before and I'll i continue to say it because nothing really changed. This was a while ago on the um, the round table. I'm good with letting Dalton Schultz walk because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get money. He's gonna get the bag, right? Like Dalton Schultz is gonna get the bag from one team. He reminds me of Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper had a breakout year. Uh, in Atlanta and went and got the bag in Cleveland. Austin Hooper is not some outrageous great tight end. He's, he's going to get Schultz. more
0: money than people think. hes I think oh, he he's going to get way more money than most fans believe.
1: Absolutely. And, and I, I've been saying this for so long. This is no knock on Dalton Schultz because he's been reliable. I think he's been a really qu- a quality tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, but he he is a product of what is going on around him. Right. He's not a feature of the offense. He's a product of the offense. And honestly, I think teams realize, huh, we'll just let you try to beat us with Dalton Schultz. <laughs> and you're not gonna Dalton Schultz is not going to beat you. He's not George Kittle. This isn't Darren Waller. This isn't uh Kelsey. These aren't those type of he isn't those type of guys. So you yeah, listen, Dalton, amazing year. Go get the bag, please get paid for what you did in Dallas for your development as a as a tight end, receiving tight end. Go get it. But for me, I'm not paying him. Now, if they decide to, you, you got to make a move on Blake Jarwin. Then. You, you can't pay two. T- you cannot pay two tight ends with all these other players needing to come back in Dallas.
0: I agree. Not now, all one, of them them. one more question. I singled um, 10 of these free agents. Keanu Neal, Layton Vanderich, Cedric Wilson, Jaron Kears, and the Monte Casey, the safeties. Then on the right side, we've got Randy Gregory, Malik Hooker, Michael Gallup, Armstrong, Dalton, Schultz. Just a quick gut feeling, gut reaction. Over under three and a half that these guys come back. The ones that are with an arrow.
1: The green ones are all of them.
0: All of them, all of them. Let's use all of them. Over, Over under, under three, three and a half. And a half. Let me, let me it is difficult.
1: Here. One. I'm actually going to go two with that one. Three. I got three. I'm going. To, I'm going to go over.
0: You're going to go over. All right. Mm-hmm. Who are your three guy?
1: Jaron Curse.
0: Agreed. That's
1: number one. I know this one might be a little controversial right now because, because the way he played with the penalties. Randy Gregory. I think Randy is your two. Uh, yeah. I got Malik Hooker over KZ. I think. I think you can get Hooker back on a solid deal that's not going to break the bank. And what's that three? Yeah. Here's one that's going to shock you. Here, Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong. I think you can get Dorrance Armstrong. I thought he was a quality uh, depth guy this year. I think he had a career year. And and remember, it's all about the dollar sign for Stephen Jones. And I don't think Dorrance Armstrong is going to get the bag for any team, Mo. So, uh, just right now, raw, just looking at it without diving yeah. in, I will have a, I want no have commitment. a free. Yeah, no commitment. I will have a free agent show. We're going to break down every single last one of these guys, for the most part, not Jake McQuay, And we'll dive in. We'll talk numbers. We'll talk everything, fit, all that. But just yeah, kind of look at that, I, I, I'd go over.
0: This is more of an early look because I got to tell you, sometimes as content creators, I believe that we want to save the content for the in-depth breakdowns. But I also want to... You know, try to put everyone on the same page and have a quick overview of how things are looking. Armstrong, I agree with you. I, I liked a lot what we saw from him. My my concern would be maybe, just maybe he gets sneaky good money. Oh, he's gonna get the bag. Not necessarily the bag. I'm not sure he about gonna get, calling it the bag. but I think going get gonna Steven's get- bag. <laughs> <laughs> Steven we'll Jones.
1: See. If, if, if Stephen Jones got a number, no lie, it's it's tried and true. Somebody put this out. I think the number is roughly two and a half to three and a half million dollars. Mm. If if anything over that, you have to be what they consider, I don't want to say star player, but a premium player, which is wild to me because two and a half, three and a half million dollars is not a lot. But if you go look at a lot of the signings, uh, most of them are not over two and a half, three million dollars. That is one?
0: actually interesting
1: Only one was Keanu Neal, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but I think Keanu Neal was was the one. Five million. Five million, yeah.
0: Yeah, he was at five million, I believe. I expected a little bit more from Keanu Neal, by the way. I wanted him to be a little bit better maybe this season. But anyways, let's see some more comments before we leave you. Uh, We have Burner Account. This is a gold from Burner Account. He says, how much leverage (laughs) does Connor Williams hold?
1: (laughs) Can I, can I give him a clue
0: bomb for that yeah yeah
1: you gotta love tom Downey's burner account he's always good for one of those
0: yeah he's he's definitely the one that he, he's the guy that makes me laugh the most on this show peace I out Neil.
1: sometimes i can't tell if tom and stevie mac the mod guy are the same person or not sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah the some says I think Mo needs to have Sky on a special guest at least once every two weeks. Hey, let's try to do this more often in the off season. We we talked about this actually after last week's show. We want to do these crossovers way more often. But Sky, anything else that you want to add before we leave here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime? I really appreciate you taking the time to come into the show. It's great to have these crossovers. And it's really great to have someone else to talk about uh, instead of just the one guy in front of the camera and the mic. It's a nice change of pace.
1: Man, listen, who are you telling? I, I love these type of things. Like, we both do individual shows like by ourselves. And I know yours is pretty short, but I go for a long time. So I, that's why I always shout out the chat because and the callers because they are essentially our co-hosts. You know what I mean? Yeah, they are essentially our co-hosts. So we appreciate y'all all heck of a lot. Uh, so I appreciate you for bringing me on, Mo. Uh, we're de- we definitely got to do this again, man. I've been I've been talking you up on the show all year. You've been doing <laughs> a great job, man. Seriously, seriously, you've been doing a great job, and you've gained you, a following. Um, and, and I just want more people to see what you do, man. You're you're very bright, very smart, and uh hell, sometimes I'll pop in on the show and I'll I'll see something that you're talking about. I'm like, dang, that's a good ass point. Let me go talk about it on my show and shout out, <laughs> Mo. Seriously, man, Uh you, you're doing Thank a hell of a job. I appreciate so. it. I thank you for having me on and you just keep doing your thing, man. You're like I said before, our guy over there, D.A., uh, I think it's D.E., Derek Ingleton. He's coming. He's going to come for you. And it's going to be a sad day <laughs> A to Z when he come for you. I'm, I promise you, you're laughing now, hey. but he going to come for you, man.
0: I'll cross my fingers, though. I'll cross my fingers. Guy, thank you very much, man, for your words, for taking the time. And, hey, thank you to you guys for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know on ADC Sports, on your social media, of course. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas as well for more Cowboys articles, Mavericks articles, Thank you to Laurie. Thank you to Steve Lopton, Stevie Mac, Dallas Junk, Jmart Fishing, all of you guys. Thank you a lot for joining me. And I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Catch Sky, of course, 8 a.m. Central time. Well, he did confess. He did confess last week, (laughs) 8.15-ish.
1: Ish. Uh, You got to give him ish.
0: All right. All right. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow.
1: See y'all. Peace.